HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Shift Work, a podcast made in collaboration with RWCF and HRN, we're shifting the conversation about how the restaurant food you love makes its way to the table. Listen to and follow Shift Work on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to Item 13, an African food podcast, and I'm your host, Yom Akuaku. This season, we are showcasing stories from the inaugural class of Changing Narratives Africa Fellowship, a highly selective program for African food entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their brands into global markets. The organization's vision is to see proudly African food and beverage brands on the shelves of all the major grocery chains and e-commerce sites in the world because they are high quality, healthy, and taste good. Here's this week's conversation. Welcome to another episode of Item 13. We are continuing our series with the Changing Narratives Africa Fellows. And today I'm honored to have on the show William Omamo. Am I saying that last name right? I'm very conscious yes, of thinking. Yes, very, this. very much so. Right, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, excited yeah. to, to share a little bit about your background, your story, your business. And I'm particularly interested because um, actually we started talking about this offline, but um, my first experience with like East African cuisine was actually when I lived in South Africa and I made a re- very good friend from Kenya who is my Tiganan, and her comment was always that our food was always too spicy. <laughs> so it's interesting to me that, like, I have an East African entrepreneur here who's in the business of fitness. So <laughs> <laughs> this should be an interesting conversation. Um, but welcome to the show, William. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled yeah. to have you on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to kick off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, like where, where you grew up. You're calling us, uh, we're talking today with you in Nairobi and me here on the East Coast in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. If you could tell us a little bit about your background, where you were born, raised, like sort of where you've been around the world and how you ended up back in Nairobi if, you, if you've ever left. Okay. Well, um, Yom, let me take this opportunity to thank you so much um, for giving me this opportunity to... Uh, joining on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, uh, courtesy of uh, Changing Narratives Africa, had it not been for being a fellow of, uh, mm-hmm. of that uh, community, I wouldn't have had this chance. Um, but just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I am uh, a Kenyan, uh, thoroughbred. Uh, <laughs> my, 
My parents um, are from the western part of Kenya. Um, I come from a family that has been in politics uh, since the independence of this country. And um, my father um, was, or yes, the late, he was a, a farmer and an agriculturalist, to put it mm. that way. In fact, the, the first um, Kenyan to have a, a degree in agriculture. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so we are, as a family, we came from this agricultural background. Um, I went to um, uh, some British schools here um, in Kenya initially. Uh, very good schools, may I say. And um, uh, through that exposure, I, I quickly picked up this, uh, this uh, interest in, in food. And um, very early in my life, I decided that I wanted to get into the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. So when, when by the time I was uh, completing my A-levels, I knew exactly where I wanted to go. So it then became where to do, um, where to pursue the career. And at that time, as is today, the best country to do that is Switzerland. And I ended up in um, a college called La Roche, Global uh, ed Education, mm -hmm. which uh, today is probably the most prestigious of uh, hospitality in institutions in the world. Um, initially, when I was in, in, in primary and secondary school, I wasn't you know, a, a performer. But when I got to college, I, 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 my, everything came together. Mm -hmm. I was in my element and uh, I really, really performed well in college. I had a fantastic uh, college experience. Um, uh, so much so that the college eventually hired me when I finished uh, my, 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 my course. And I spent another two years, uh, you know, first as a, a trainer and then as a, a manager within the food and beverage oh, department wow. of the mm -hmm. college. And that was basically was just a springboard for me because it set me up uh, for it set me up when I decided that I was coming back to Kenya. Um, I came back as basically an expatriate, having negotiated my first job. Mm. Um, I came back and, uh, you know, I, I, I quickly uh, got into the flow of things in Kenya, having, of course, having a bit of a cultural shock because I had never worked <laughs> in Kenya before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, the cultural shock, uh, you know, it was, I'd say, a rude awakening. Yeah. But <laughs> somehow, I think, you know, um, the general manager I worked for, we got along so well. I had a promotion within six months of that that um, uh, entry. And, uh, you know, I was yeah. over-promoted just because <laughs> I was so likable, you know? <laughs> so, um, I, I, I think that you also probably had something to offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. I mean, I was coming, coming back with a wealth of experience. Mm -hmm international yeah. experience and I think uh, um, that adds value when it yeah. comes to to Africa so um, in assuming those uh, senior positions um, I, I was I realized that I have um, well I'll call it entrepreneurship skills mm. at that time because you know I, I was you know I wanted to do more than the norm. I wanted to, you know, get into events and uh, organize and create stuff. I really enjoyed that. And I was able to, you know, bring my team to a place where they were really uh, very supportive. 
but you know, two years down the line, I just felt that I wasn't growing fast enough. Mm. I had already had this mindset that I was on such an upward trajectory that um, if I wasn't going to be general manager in two years, I needed to be looking <laughs> around. <laughs> so um, that that uh, led me to my first um, endeavor as an entrepreneur. I started up. Um, uh, a pub called Bootleggers, and um, <laughs> okay. yeah, you know, um, I, I I started this off without even doing a, a thorough feasibility mm. study, mm-hmm. because had I really done a good study, it would have told me that look, you want to start a pub in a pretty much uh, the the re- the dominant religion there yeah. was not supportive <laughs> of that kind of. Um, um, you know business yeah so that it didn't do very well but um uh you know a couple of uh, uh years down the line i realized that i did have some experience to offer and i became a consultant oh. a hospitality consultant which took me to uh kigali rwanda it took me to lusaka i did some work in kampala and uh you know it gave me an opportunity to to um you know, to experience uh, hospitality in these other countries. But I eventually ended up in South Africa. And um, South Africa, you know, it took me to a place where I was pretty much used to. I mean, you know, a first world kind of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, social and business (laughs) environment where I felt, yeah, this is, I'm pretty much uh, well-placed to do well here. Um, I joined McDonald's uh, at, in South Africa. They had this fast track program uh, to operations managers. They were opening 120 stores in five years. And oh, they, were wow. really, they were really trying to open fast. And, you know, they were tripping over themselves because they didn't have a human resource, you know. And obviously yeah. there was affirmative action and they just couldn't find the right people, caliber yeah. of, of people. So mm-hmm. I just found myself at the right place uh, at the right time time, and um that's interesting and actually even trying to remember i'm sorry to interrupt you i'm trying to remember if i even saw mcdonald's while while i lived and maybe i just wasn't actively looking but i'm like wait Mm. were there mcdonald's in jared probably i just probably wasn't Mm. paying attention yeah the Mm. number of them yeah double digits uh, i would say so, but um, what uh, McDonald's did for me was to really open my eyes into the world of systems, mm. you know, um, operational systems, yeah. corporate systems, and how you bring system, people to, to work with those systems. There's no better school to get that, that mm. other than McDonald's. They, they, their system is just fantastic. And... Um, I think that's, you know, that's, it's, it's a great opportunity. If anybody is ever really interested to learn about systems, read about mm. the McDonald's system. It's a great story. But anyway, um, uh, I did that for two years uh, in, in Joburg. And then I came back home just um, uh, after general elections uh, in Kenya. I came back, this is in the early uh, 2000s, and uh, I came back to uh, uh, serve uh, a senior um, government official as his uh, personal assistant, private secretary. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that for around eight months, and then uh, the guy passed away. Oh, no. uh, Yeah, so. Oh, my goodness. Well, that 
that left me thinking, now what am I going to do? You know? I, mean, I came, I right. gave up my career uh, just to come and do this back in Kenya. But, and that obviously said, listen, William, just do what you know how to do yeah. best. So I got back into the hospitality. Um, I worked with uh, one or two, um, uh, you know, uh, casual quick service uh, restaurant chains. Um, I'll mention steers because you do know oh, steers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I may mention a Pizza Inn in score. I don't know if you ever encountered yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I did some stints with them, realizing that, you know, uh, Mike McDonald's experience was pretty advanced. Yeah. Um, in terms and getting people to, you know, just appreciate and to open up and just to allow um, some new ideas is really difficult. In this part of the world, people are overprotective about, you know, their positions. And, you know. <laughs> so I said, oh, no. So I actually um, I got an amazing opportunity to work at the International Red Cross. And I joined them as a, a government liaison. They're looking for somebody who can, you know, uh, be like a protocol uh, officer for yeah. them. And, uh, do this you know government runs and I just found that I could do that and they gave me this job and I held on to this job for eight years oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean totally but you know with hospitality you can go and apply yeah anywhere, anywhere I mean, that's, that's true amazing thing. yeah and it's funny um, as you shared your story um and I, you know, as I sort of know where you, the space that you're in now, it made me, especially when you talk about systems and McDonald's, and I think about a lot of young people now who sort of like, you know, this, this, um, there's this, what's the right word to use? Like entrepreneurship has become this like cool sort of <laughs> thing yeah, you yeah, must do yeah. or you should do or whatever, but like be your own boss, etc. Where you know people yeah, are yeah. sort of devaluing the experience of like going into a place where yeah. systems have been set. Well, because you could learn from like a lot of people. When I talk to young people, yeah. they're like, "Oh, I want to go," to, but you don't. It's like you don't know anything, <laughs> and yeah, you see yeah, stories yeah. of entrepreneurs, like a lot of these entrepreneurs whose stories you see ending up on yeah. the cover of yeah. Forbes and whatever even if they have not had a formal education, they've had their networks or their families or whatever have the experience that they need to be able to set up, you know, what they need to be able to succeed. And it's like, it's good to have that entrepreneurial fire and instinct and passion, but ultimately if you want to succeed, um, just listening to your background story, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can see the building blocks to mm, what yeah. has eventually led to what you're doing now. And um, yeah. I just wanted yeah. to point that out for those listeners, for those especially with mm. entrepreneurial itch, that yeah. Um, yeah. some sort of formal, you know, even though it seems we are chewing formal education or corporate training or whatever, that's yeah. Yeah. those sort of skill sets, I think. Um, mm-hmm should not be under undervalued under, I achieved, agree. underestimated yeah I absolutely agree on because um you know when you become an entrepreneur but you can become an entrepreneur and not have great vision but if you're an entrepreneur with great vision you realize you quickly realize that you need to have um a bit of corporate intellect mm. a bit of corporate exposure and you know if, if you haven't had, you know, been had the privilege of being able to work in a, a world-class organization 
like McDonald's, you can still read up on it. You can still there's you know, exactly um, so it's that, that level of education, I think. Yeah. So actually that's a very good, very good point. And thank you for clarifying. So I'm not saying that you, you absolutely have to, you know, go and work in these places, but it's that yeah. idea of like educating yourself. You know, it's yes. there's the uh, uh, that I feel like there's this narrative around like, you know, you're gonna fake it till you make it. <laughs> and I think that that nuance of like edu- constantly educating yourself understanding things like systems like marketing brand you know supply chains all of that um, is also important to to um, becoming a successful entrepreneur yeah 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 so anyway the reason why i was able to stay uh, with the the international red cross so long is because Mm -hmm. I was given this, this, this. I was, you know, I was given this office. Uh, a title of the office was given, and I was told, create, just create this, this, um, this department. You know, you write what it's supposed to yeah. be. And, you know, so it was a great challenge for me because um, one minute I would be organizing for my head of regional. Um, regional office to be meeting the vice president. The next minute, I would be at the counter of an immigration officer discussing how I could get visas for people. So it was so dynamic. It was so diverse. And um, I, I was also responsible on aspects of events and, you know, the hospitality arm of it. So, you know, I am somebody who must have diversity. And that 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 uh, job gave me uh, a, you know a cocktail mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of things that I needed to do which which just kept me interested in the job for eight years but um yes you know at some point it did start to get routine and I yeah. did start to itch for something else and you know uh it was about uh, 2008 2009 the U.S. Um, U.S. aid had started a poverty eradication program um around uh, hot peppers being that um, uh, once this hot pepper has been dried, it's, you know, it is no longer, um, uh, it can be stored for a long time. And then uh, an ordinary sub, sub, subsistence farmer can, can use it for barter. That was the idea. Um, you can take your barter to a designated kiosk and exchange your barter for, you know, the chili for sugar and things like oh, that. Oh, interesting. Oh, that, that's how it worked initially. And it was for, you know, a small scale farmer who had an eighth of an acre uh, who was growing maize and beans, but, you know, decided that let me put something aside for a cash crop. So that's how it all started. And uh, the USAID was working with uh, uh, an organization that had got contracts to supply uh, this dry uh, hot pepper to, to Germany. Mm. So, um, yeah, I stumbled on this story and, uh, you know, I liked it. I said, look, I've got some parcels of land uh, doing nothing. Um, you know, I'm right on the lakefront. Uh, you know, I have this big dream uh, I, right from, I'd say, 20 years ago, this big dream to have this amazing hotel uh, facility, you know, resort on the lake. And so that was, that I was and still is a big uh, yeah. vision of life. But I said, in the meantime, I can grow some chili. <laughs> <laughs> so. it's, it's interesting to me, like I said, at the top of the show that, um, because I said like my experience in the past has told me that East Africans are not into spicy 
spicy hot peppers. So it's interesting that that, but but then I guess I, I understand from the USA perspective and yeah. incentive, like why mm-hmm. that would come mm-hmm. to be. And also interesting that it would shift to Germany because I, I lived in Germany too. And I don't okay. see them as a people that eat <laughs> spicy food too. So that's all. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty interesting. But I'm sure it went there for yeah. processing and probably was in yeah. ship, shipped it elsewhere. Was, yeah. It goes for processing and, you know, if you look, you know, quite closely at a good number of commodities, you'll see a bit of a chili in a bit yeah. of chili here. And yeah. a bit of chili <laughs> so um, this stuff was being exported to Germany. So I got into that mix. I said, I've got some acreage. So yeah. I put down some crop. And um, I put down this crop along with others. You know, I started to grow amarantha. I put down uh, popos. I put tomatoes, onions. So I did, you know, a whole, I did a horticultural um, uh, uh, project, or let me say a trial. And this was, uh, was this a side hustle to while you were still working? Yes. um, Yes, it was was a side hustle. So when I, when, when I did that, uh, I quickly came to realize that, you know what? We live in the Bundus. We have (laughs) wild animals. We have all sorts of wild animals that will just come at night and devour. Oh, man. Devour those crops. But the only thing they wouldn't touch was the hot pepper. Oh, yeah. So that was my big (laughs) aha. Okay, grow this hot pepper. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Cool. So I I did um you know the hot pepper yeah. was successful every other crop failed, uh, but when these these people in El in in you know came to collect my product and said that all they would do was repackage it and send it to Germany I said hang on a minute what happened to value addition yeah. you know, what what happened to processing and they said you know it seemed like they were not they weren't interested and because I am um, fashioned in a way to you know, to question and to interrogate, I realized that, look, I, 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 I can add value. I mean, I have some culinary experience. I mm-hmm. understand uh, the, the, how, uh, you know, the mixing would take place and some of the critical um, ingredients that would uh, enable uh, uh, production of chili sauces and chili paste. And I said, okay, let me do it. As a, let me try it out. And as I tried it, uh, people began. People liked this chili paste that I was I was producing, and I started to supply coworkers and friends. And uh, eventually, I realized that this can be a side hustle. So um, I got uh, I, I I got it uh, passed by the Kenya Bureau of Standards. You know, yeah. the guys who who decide whether you're going to give people poison or not. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, then I started to do it as a cottage industry. I was Mm -hmm. just doing it out of my kitchen. Um, It wasn't really big, but I was supplying a few, you know, shops. Um, I would say I would, you know, give out around 200 200 bottles in in a month. And it was okay. And, uh, you know... um, that 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 carried on for a couple of years. I eventually did leave um, uh, the International Red Cross when my father passed away. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever, uh, or if you you're somebody who has ever um, read the Bible. Yeah. Because um, in the Bible, there's a story about a prodigal son. It's yes. In, in Luke, yeah. Luke fifteen. 
from verse um, it's from verse 11 somewhere there um by the way sorry i have a lot of spiritual um inclination these days but not at that time i'm basically <laughs> trying to say that when my father passed away i went to my mother and said give me my inheritance <laughs> 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 and um uh, she was kind enough to do that and uh i took this inheritance and i said i was going to do uh, what i'm passionate about mm. i was going to go and open um coffee shops i was going to open a pub and i was going to um you know do you know run a a nice trendy uh, coffee uh, coffee shop and do a really nice um a trendy pub so i went about i said about to do that i did it outside of nairobi i did it in a place called kisumu mm -hmm. which is um in western kenya and uh that basically um gave me an opportunity to get back into mainstream hospitality after all those many years um uh, in um uh well i'll say the humanitarian in the in, in the humanitarian yeah. field <laughs> So um I got into that space um I opened these cop coffee shops because you know um I I was just fired up and I just wanted to be a pioneer mm -hmm. of introducing coffee you know um espresso based coffee in this place in this town that had all of these expatriates and mm -hmm. I imagined that you know I would have good business um and indeed it was a good idea but the timing was wrong because yeah. there was an elec election coming and uh, that this 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 place is very volatile when it comes to uh, national elections yeah. and um unfortunately i also did not have a family name that went down well <laughs> <laughs> so uh that that project uh, yeah that's that's well. unfortunately yeah. one of the the challenges of doing business on the continent right sometimes yes, yes, that political mm -hmm. social political it is real will, it is um, very real can be very destabilizing too it is it is very real yeah. but even anyway, the most well resourced <laughs> entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. right yeah Hi, I'm Kiki Luya, the Executive Director of Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Shift Work. In the last six months, some 6,500 restaurants have closed their doors, and there's never been a time when restaurants and their 12 million workers have been more vulnerable. It's time to transform hospitality. With Shift Work, a podcast made in collaboration with RWCF and HRN, we're shifting the conversation about how the restaurant food you love makes its way to the table. What does it really take to make that experience happen? And who are the countless workers responsible? We're talking porters, cleaning crew, prep cooks, servers, baristas, hosts, bartenders, barbacks, managers, sommeliers, and chefs. I'll also introduce you to organizations that are leading industry transformation. We'll discuss mental health, fair pay, racial justice, and how hospitality can change for the better. We need it. Listen to and follow Shift Work on your favorite podcast app. But I did enjoy, I did um, develop a, a really nice uh, coffee shop concept. Um, we did have some, some, some great uh, um, unique uh, dishes that we were, we were dishing out and uh, the reception was, was great. 
the sources that I had, of course, was my house source, which uh, was also a winner. Yeah. Um, at that time, I just called it K&K. That K&K was just the, the corporate brand. Um, I did. What does it What does it stand for? K and K. It stands for Kahawa Nakadalika. Now that means coffee and other things. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, you know what? I had um I had a Kenyan on on the show who owns a coffee yeah. brand called Kahawa, um, eighteen ninety three. She's based in the mm. Bay Area in the U.S. But yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, I Kahawa sounds yeah. familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. So Kahawa is just coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so um um. Uh, Fast forward to 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 where we are today. Um, uh, what what basically happened is that uh, um, when COVID came, we found a, I found myself in a situation. I was now working as um, uh, a B two B program uh, officer with one of the best hospitality schools mm-hmm. in Nairobi, and um, I was a coordinator for you know, uh, developing programs for the, for the industry mm. that, the college, that the college could sell. And um, it was a good opportunity. But uh, of course, you know that uh, COVID had a very devastating yeah. um, impact on the hospitality, hospitality industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I lost my, my, my job. And uh, when that happened, I had to go back to the drawing board and really ask myself, what can I do now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what came into my heart was to commercialize this thing that I'd been doing for so many years, yeah. you know, just to commercialize it, to make it a real um, enterprise, the, 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 the chili pepper. Uh, I, all along, for all those years, I only had a paste. I had never developed a sauce. Oh, interesting. So, so what's your product range right now? What, do you, what are product, the different, okay, yeah, your so, product line? <laughs> Yeah, so today I've got um, I've got uh, four varieties of chili paste mm-hmm. from sweet, uh, hot and sweet. I've got then various levels of pungencies um, on the on the paste, and then I have sauces, four variety of sauces. I have a classic sauce that is seedless. I have um, uh, two other sources that uh, have some seed and uh, have a sweet and hot. Now, um, what makes uh, my product uh, unique to the others is because w- the fruit that we use is exotic to our farm. You can't find it anywhere else. Oh, interesting. I was going to ask exotic, you what, what peppers uh, are you using? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we use a variety. It's a blend. Okay. So uh, because I also work with farmers and I have an outgrow program, so that uh, I do, you know, we work with the local farmers. I give them a set, the seeds that are common. So they grow for me African bird's eye and long cayenne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have our own uh, a line that is a blend of Carolina Ripper and African bird's eye. It's a blend of Jamaican bonnet. Ooh. And um, long cayenne. And it really produces amazing fruit. You know, very unique in in in, in taste and uh, and flavor, and really pungent. Wow, that so sounds that, so know, good. <laughs> yeah, we are this. We are definitely a distinctive um, uh, chili brand when it comes to 
choice in, in yeah in, in I, I usually ask this towards the end but uh, since we're talking about it can you mm-hmm. share what where people can find it to to purchase or, or whether it's online or dis- what are your distribution channels yeah well um we are online at the moment uh but uh let me let me put it this way i we, i can be found on my website which is um uh, www dot knkpeppers.com i'll send you uh, that link yeah and i will include the link and, um, in the show notes and then also on social when yes and we do have a facebook presence we have instagram presence um when it comes to online we the online platform that we have is we're on is called jumia oh yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah so we're on jumia we can be found there and we're onboarding to uh, a number of others, especially now that we are fellows at um, yeah. Change in Narrative Africa. Mm-hmm. Great opportunity to, to, to grow our brand and to get into some markets that we otherwise would not be able to, to do so. So um, uh, my brand is called Apillo. And Apillo, it means uh, pepper in, natural, in East African uh, Lua, uh, dialect. Mm-hmm. It just means it means pepper. Okay. So um, that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely. I'm a big fan of sauces, pe- pepper-based sauces, and so I'm yeah. always looking for um, the next interesting, <laughs> cool. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> get some off uh, out to you um, if you would allow. We'll send you a, a, a hamper. So that oh, why? Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes, I'm definitely. No. My pantry is full of a lot of African, and that's. Part of why, part of the reason I do this too is one, yes. I get to learn about new products, but then two, mm-hmm. also on social, I, I share, well, not as much, not as much these days because yeah. <laughs> I had a baby and so like I've been oh, less active on social. But um, my goal is really to show like even if you live in the diaspora, you can yeah. still have an African food pantry, right? And so I do, I, right. I get yeah. like my yeah. sauces and a lot of it actually sourced from my guests on the show. Uh-huh. So, well, so this is also wonderful. helpful to me <laughs> in okay. that I get to diversify like my yeah. my food yeah. choices at home. So, Well, Yom, I'm going to also be able to send you our hot honey. You know, we have Ooh, that wild good. honey that we infuse with uh, you know, a pepper blend. It's extraordinary. Uh, you have it on bread. You baste it. And, oh my gosh! <laughs> you can make uh, amazing cocktails with it. It's really. Oh, that really sounds amazing! Product. Thank you, so, thank you. Definitely, um, I will when I uh, get it. When we can talk that. about that offline, and then yeah, I will sure, share yeah. my my creations in the kitchen. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> what I do sure. with that. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. So outside of peppers, as you think about where your business is going to go mm-hmm. in the next, I don't know, two, five, ten years, do you? foresee potentially adding other um other food products spices you know to to your portfolio if you will (laughs) yeah definitely um we 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 appreciate that um the products that we have right now are basic they're basic products that we can we can expand for instance we have a barbecue rub and this barbecue rub is, is you know, it, it works well on meat. But we have an opportunity to develop barbecue rub for pork, mm-hmm. for poultry. Um, uh, we also 
have what um, we call hot oil. So it, it's, it's, it's sunflower oil that is infused with, um, with uh, one of our, our, our peppers. And, you know, it's used as a salad dressing. It's, it's used as, um, you know, a frying oil. And we've seen that it's just so, so popular. Yeah. And we can play around with that. But, um, um, uh, you know, uh, hot pepper has so many other uses. And uh, as we grow, we, we appreciate that um, we need to maximize the full potential of, you know, of, of, of pepper fruit. And pepper fruit can be found in cosmetics. It can be found in pharmaceutical. In cosmetics? <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, we already have a, a, a cosmetic line that is about to launch. Uh, but since you're a foodie, I've not, I'm just going to stick to the food. But just to tell yeah. you that, um, we, we, are we, we intend to diversify uh, and use uh, our hot peppers where it can be used, yeah. you know, security with the tear gas and with the pepper sprays. Oh, my but goodness. When we talk about how we want to, to progress mm -hmm. uh, uh, beyond... Um, uh, or, or bring what we're doing today into a totally uh, different industry is we want to de develop into an agro-tourism product. Because oh, our estate is, we have an estate that is right on the lake. It presents an amazing opportunity to, you know, bring in a blend of the peppers, you know, open up a, a facility and create a story around our Apelo journey. Just like Tabasco have this amazing yeah. island, we also want to go the agro-tourism route. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. And then for a place like Kenya too, I think that that makes um, a, a lot of sense, absolutely. Um, since you mentioned yeah. the state, I want us to talk about that. I want you to describe for people, um, I think, let me double check. Utonga Pepe Estate is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you describe so that Utonga for Pepe. folks and like what, yeah, in sure. addition, describing it and then also um, sort of some of the community work that yeah. you do. Um, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, so yeah, Upop, Utonga Pepe Estate is on uh, in Western Kenya. We're on the shores of Lake Victoria. And uh, it's a 15-acre estate that is part of a larger estate. Um, and we have um, uh, developed our, our peppers that are exclusively uh, found uh, in that region. We, the, the work we do with farmers is they grow the indigenous uh, chili peppers so that they're not seriously challenged. And we basically have developed an outgrower program where they supply us with, 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 with uh, their fruits and we buy from them with the vision to establish a cooperative society mm. um, so that they become integrated in the business itself. Um, we have uh, for many years been working with um, uh, one of the local schools there that has uh, you know, makeshift boarding facilities because the girl child is really, really uh, threatened mm, there. Yeah. She's threatened with early, early marriage. She's threatened with um, unwanted uh, pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So she's very exposed. And, you know, in our interactions with uh, these mixed schools, we realized that 
the, the school is the safe haven for them. So we have committed to uh, develop the dormitories uh, so that these, the, the, especially the girls, and not that the boys are not also under threat because the boys uh, who don't go to school end up fishing. And yeah. what fishing means is that you get on a boat, you go fishing in the lake, and half the time you're smoking um, what you call marijuana. Oh, you know, yeah. That's all you do. You come back. Uh, the two fish that uh, you, <laughs> you, 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 yeah. you pulled out of the water, we used to buy more marijuana, yeah. alcohol, and have sex. So um, basically, we want to, to, to enhance the, the, the infrastructure of, of this school such that it can really become a, 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 a safe haven for yeah. boys and girls, but do it in a way that even let that school also be secure. And as we do this, we want to set a standard for the local government mm. so that the local government become encouraged to view uh, the threat to our young, um, our young girl, boys and girls as being real because of lifestyle challenges. The poverty there is basically uh, one of the biggest threats to the security of, of, of these, um, these young boys and girls. So that's what we do. And we say that we, uh, um, for every dollar, uh, for every $10 that um, we, we make uh, in the export markets, $1 will go towards um, uh, supporting this campaign. Uh, gender against gender. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it, it's amazing, and we we thank God for that opportunity. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. do, 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 do. I'm trying to think of where I want to go. Um, I'll come yeah. back to investment. I want to talk yeah. about changing narratives, Africa. Um, yeah. how did you find out about it? Because so, so far, a couple a couple of people I've spoken to have been based in Nigeria, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just found out about the program through, you know, their own sort of networks. So how did you, based in Nairobi, find out about the program and just, I guess, what has been your experience so far in terms of mm-hmm. what you're expecting from it and, and um, yeah. is it yeah. meeting expectations so far in terms of how it's going to mm-hmm. um, help your business get to the next level? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, just to say it, uh, you know, um, off the mark, the more you talk about your business or whatever, you do, <laughs> yeah. the more likely somebody's going to, you know, who can help you is going to hear about it. And um, uh, I have a, an, an old college friend. Uh, she, she also went to school in Switzerland and we've kept ties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually the, the vice president of the Illumini Association and I take care of Africa. Uh, oh, for the mm-hmm. so as uh, part of this of course i'm always introducing my products and this particular girl has you know she's known my story over the years uh, she is one of the best known uh, women's rights activists in in kenya today and which means that she does a lot of travel mm. on the continent uh you know for conferences yes for, yeah for meetings and um through that linkage, you know, she, she came across um, uh, changing African narrative and she sent it to me and she said, listen, William, this could interest you. And I took a look at her and said, hang on a minute, I've never joined a fellowship. What have I got to lose? So I, you know, I applied. And uh, well, lo and behold, I got a response. 
And then I realized this is God sent. I need to pay attention. Mm, yeah. Um, so I put all my efforts behind it. I told my story. I didn't need to create anything. I just told right. it the way it was. Yeah. And um, it just kept on coming. And then, you know, they initially were 400 and we found out 15. <laughs> And to I our didn't realize reason, that how that that's yeah. how many people ended up. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there were two people from from East Africa. Uh, we both happened to one was a lady, and the mm-hmm. other was myself. We both happened to be doing, uh, you know, something to do with sources. Um, mark you, I think that uh, I had more variety than her. Mm. But I think that. Uh, you know, um, in the in the interview process, um, I I was able to uh, uh, sell my story, yeah, and um, that gave me this amazing opportunity uh, to get onto this fellowship. I had never been on one, and when I got on, and I realized what uh, Diddy is doing and Lucy Hopper, yeah, and, you know, the passion they have around making sure that we can tell our African story mm-hmm. on those, you know, on the North America content in Europe and um, in other continents. I was really inspired and I realized that, you know, this opportunity, it doesn't come every day. This one has come for a special purpose. So um, I have grasped it with two hands. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. been an amazing journey. Um, just the little... Uh, you know, we've only been on on this month, a, right? A, a month, yeah. and mm-hmm. already there's just been so much encounter, so much knowledge, so much um, learning that um, has really, really uh, fired me up and helped me to understand that I, I I can actually get my product into that space, yeah. and this product has great potential to be appreciated in those markets. So um, I just cannot wait to, you know, to carry on and to go through the whole uh, um, uh, program, which is a six-month program. Mm -hmm. And then we have a two-year as alumni. And I believe that um, within those, those, um, that period of time, uh, a pillow would have gone to all corners of the world i i i believe that for you amen i believe that for you um and oh that's i just i this is part of the reason you know i do this i I, i'm so inspired by all of your stories and Mm. and the impact i know that all of you will make um in the global food space um Mm. and it's it's an honor for me to be in this chair to be part of your story Mm. Um, and getting it out there. So thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. Let me just clarify. Let me just let me just bring something to to your attention. Sure. You no, know, you yes. Um, you may think that um, uh, you know uh, spices is not something that uh, you you would identify in East Africa. It's true. Um, East Africans have not been known to eat hot, you know. Yeah, hot food, <laughs> that's my experience. Um, <laughs> the West Africans are different. Yes. However, <laughs> keep in mind that it is becoming a very small globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very small world yeah. because of internet, because yes. of um, uh, the global interactions and the internet of things, because 
the millennial generation, which I believe you're one, mm-hmm. are more adventurous. They, they're more willing to try. Uh, they're becoming more demanding. They want innovation and creativity, which means that even in, an ind- in a space like East Africa, we really need to be thinking out of the box yeah. when it comes to culinary experience. Yeah. And one of the things that I've organized is the first Spice Fest in Nairobi. Oh. It's happening on the 9th and 10th of uh, April. And the whole idea that I have is to bring to the fore what is happening around the world. People are embracing spicy food. And spicy food does not mean that it's hot. Exactly, I was going to say. Spicy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, in the world of spices, there's adventure, there's discovery, there's uh, delicacies, and there's also vitality. Because, you know, people want to, they're so conscious about what they're eating. But, you know, instead of having sugar, put cinnamon instead of salt you know that the world of spices is evolving and it's growing so my idea with this spice fest is to tell the spice story and to bring other entrepreneurs like myself because I know how hard it is being an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. to give entrepreneurs that space to showcase and um, to you know to have an opportunity to be creative and to introduce the publics into this variety of spices that you can enjoy. So that event is happening. I'll send you the the links to it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I would be very interested in in seeing it and then also sharing it um, with folks I know. Um, That that sounds fantastic. Um, Since we're almost out of time, I'm I'm just going to touch on the last question I guess it's a two-part question one is and you've touched on that a little bit in terms of like Mm -hmm. what's next for you what's your big Mm -hmm. sort of vision for your business and Mm -hmm. you touched on Mm -hmm. you know the Mm -hmm. whole agro-tourism idea but for anyone that's listening that's maybe a potential investor and looking at Mm -hmm. K&K Peppers I guess Mm -hmm. I want you to tie the combination of your big vision and what an investor should be excited about as they think about K&K Peppers as a potential yeah. investment opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, I can tell you, you cannot, you cannot meet the demand for chili. <laughs> the demand for, for, for hot peppers globally, there is not enough being, being made of these hot peppers. And I'm just uh, ever so excited that I'm in a space where I can work with local farmers. Mm. I can uh, do um, uh, products that uh, uh, give us op- opportunity to introduce diversity. So in terms of the culinary um, uh, arm of this enterprise, we are going to grow. We are going to introduce our products um, into, uh, into um into other products such as we can do jams, we can do peanut butters and all of that, where we can infuse these products and bring unique taste. Um, We also want to, we just want to dominate the space. When you see a pillow um, anywhere in the world, you're going to know that this pillow comes from Africa. It is highly favored as a high quality table condiment and kitchen ingredient. That 
should give any investor an opportunity to say, hang on a minute, let me get involved with this because these guys have a global vision, which we do. Um, I am also of the opinion that if you want to go far, you go with others. And I don't want to think that I have everything that I need to go alone. In fact, I, I need to really uh, engage global players who would have be able to you know, bring in the much needed professional expertise and the global networks that we need. But um, looking into the future, uh, this um, uh, company is going to diversify into pharmaceuticals, into cosmetics and security, like I mentioned, because there are huge opportunities for that. But ultimately, we are also going to get into the tourism uh, sector and embrace hospitality. So, and this should happen within the estate that I mentioned, because yeah. it is part of a larger estate that gives us an opportunity to really explore agritourism and hospitality. So that's what I was. Yeah, that's a, that's just so incredible. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the world opening up again and being able to mm. finally travel to Kenya and hopefully make it up to you. Have friends. <laughs> You have friends. Make it, make it, make it mm. even to the estate because um oh I just <laughs> even I mean like I don't I'm I'm at a loss for words. I I really truly yeah. I'm excited for you um and Thank I know you. working with Ndidi and mm. you know the Changing Narratives Africa program I just there's just so much <laughs> and hopefully yes. you being on the podcast you know the right people here your story and are able to help you push for it somehow, whether they are customers or investors. Um, sure, sure, sure. Hopefully yeah. that adds to, to the growing yeah. success of your business. Um, yeah. We are time, so I appreciate you making the time to speak with mm -hmm. me today, William. I, yeah, yeah. I'm inspired by your story. I know listeners Thank will you. be, and um, yeah, we'll, nice. we'll, I'll share your information so those who are interested can, can get online sure. and, and get products. I'm excited yeah, to try yeah. it too. <laughs> Um, okay. um, yeah, thank, thank you so much, William, for being yeah. with us today. Okay, and let me encourage you, Yom, to keep doing what you're doing because it's a good thing. Uh, you know, do not get discouraged, ignore the naysayers, and just stay focused because you must be in your element and you must be called to a purpose like this. So, my I goodness, William, I, yeah. I have to say this. Um, even last night, I, wow, this is, um, and I'm getting a lot of these lately. I just, I, I getting a lot of these, like God speaking through people to me, mm -hmm. because to be honest, I said, I told myself that this will be, and this is the first time I'm saying this publicly, <laughs> that this would be the last season of the wow. podcast. Um, because I had committed with the team DB to do this because I was going to end it last year. Yes. Because I committed to duty to do this. I said, okay, I'm going to do this mm -hmm. one last time, <laughs> you know, interview okay. these fellows mm -hmm. and I will be done. Mm -hmm. And as I was listening to your story, actually, just literally, and I can even screenshot this to you. I literally just mm -hmm. sent a message to a friend of mine as we were chatting that I'm just talking to this guy that's inspiring. Like I was literally on the edge of quitting this podcast wow. and wow. listening to his story reminded me of why I started to do this, you know? And so wow. thank you too for, for, Amen. for saying what was on your heart. Um, because, no. um, that, yeah, it, that, it's, it's, that, <laughs> that, like, that is a word. That is a divine <laughs> word. Um, Take it. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Thank you for listening to Item 13, an African food podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. To keep up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Item 13 Podcast. Item 13 is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.